0: Good morning, Faith Fellowship. It's it's good to see you guys and be with you this morning. Um, Just for housekeeping, we won't have a PowerPoint today. I had to punt on the things that uh, I was going to share, just in light of just kind of where we are in the class, and uh, we're still going to be in the same text, but just. I think a little bit I personally needed comfort, as was mentioned, uh, a friend of mine, uh, a leader of mine, uh, a brother of mine passed away that was formerly in Faith Fellowship, Tarl uh, this morning, and, and I got news of that this morning. And so uh, just pray for the family. Um, you know, I'm just, you know, pray for me. I'm sad. Right. And, uh, it's the, the quietness of my mind. Sometimes it just, it troubles me, but I, I, I am comforted. And I promise you that if, if, if you allow what I believe the Holy spirit did for me, just in looking at this and revisiting this, um, man, we can get through this. Okay, and so you turn into your Bibles to Acts 16. We need to look at 11 through 15. And the reason is, is remember, it's been a long time since we kind of been together in the word in Acts. But remember what happened um, the last time we were together. And that was that there was this man from Macedonia um, and this vision that Paul had that had shown up and said, come to us. Man, we, we need that gospel you got, come. And so without delay, these guys have made their way uh, that direction. And so let's pick it up in verse 11 <clears throat> and we'll read that. It says, therefore loosing from Troas, we came with a straight course to Sumatrasia and the next day to Neapolis, and from thence to Philippi, which is the chief city of that part of Macedonia and a colony. And we were in that city abiding certain days and prayer was wont to be made. And we sat down and spake unto the women, which resorted thither. And a certain woman named Lydia, a seller of purple, purple of the city of Thyatira, which worshiped God, heard us, whose heart the Lord opened. And when she was baptized in her household, she besought us saying, if ye have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come into my house and abide there. And she constrained us. And so, again, what are these details that, you know, we kind of need to pay attention to and just what we see here? Paul and his team have wasted no time getting to Macedonia. And remember, we were talking about just the idea of being led of the spirit is something that you should be swift to respond to. Like a lot of times, I think that there's an agenda that you have set in your mind or there's things that you want to do, but man, there is just some time that you get in the word and the spirit starts speaking to you and you're just like, man, I got I to gotta do a 180. I got to do an about face. I need to maybe withhold those words that I was going to give this individual. I need to maybe say something to that individual. But in this case, this was, you need to get going and go to Macedonia. And so they do that. The one thing that you want to take in your notes and make sure you're clear of is Lydia is considered the first European convert. Okay? And so just as you are kind of laying some things out, it's necessary for you to understand that. They get to Philippi, a Roman colony raised from out of a village. And so there are other provinces that are connected to Macedonia. Philippi is not like... um, This great city now this colony kind of rose up out of a village, but what you kind of need to understand is in those colonies, they want to be like carbon copies of Rome to some degree. And so there are certain things that are going to take place there and and happen there, and I think that that also leads us to why there's no synagogue there. Okay, because this is Roman control and uh, we know that the Romans have a challenging relationship with Jewish people. Um, especially during some of those various Caesars that sat in that, in that particular seat. We know something else that is true of Paul that we've seen just already as a usual. What happens on the Sabbath for Paul? He goes to the synagogue, he preaches the gospel, right? He's always gonna go and reach out to his brethren first. But again, there's not one there. And so there is what they call an oratory, or a place of prayer that he is going to, okay? Now, here's something that William Nycall said. He said, wherever, however, the Jews could not establish the synagogue, they did not live without any external expression of religion. It was important to them to make sure that they they had space and place and time to be able to worship. And so they would do that by rivers because that would allow just for some of the other things that they were gonna have, where you could have things be prepared and clean and be able to use that water as a part of the services. But these oratories were important. And so here it is, I don't think by accident whatsoever, if there is a vision that Paul has about going to Macedonia, do you think that it is by accident that he runs into Lydia? No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. And so you get Lydia. So now we get to Lydia and just some of the things I want you to put in your notes. Remember, I said she is considered the first European convert. Something else that you need to take note of is what her name means. It means travail. Travail. That means painful or laborious effort. There's kind of a narrative that you can start to kind of create in in your mind of the thing that it says is that she's from thyratira now you don't know if she is jewish or proselyte it could lean more towards being jewish but it doesn't say in the text and i don't think that that's necessarily that important but just something else to kind of consider the place that she is from not lives at currently obviously she's close to philippi right so that she's not in Here's what that place means, odor of affliction. So her name means travail. (laughs) The place that she's from is odor of affliction. Man, what is with this? That's just something about that. She's not there anymore, but it's like a stench. And that odor, who would it be offensive to? It'd be offensive to the Lord. Now, what initially that I was going to do originally, and I and I would just say, do your study. Let me give you two source materials that would absolutely help you to just see all of these kind of interesting things more about Thyatira. It is one of the seven churches that is written to in Revelations. That's going to be Revelations 2, 8, 18 through 29. You, I read it. Read it. It, it is important to read that it gives you some insight into why it is that they have the name odor of affliction you get to see jesus heart on where they are i also want to tell you just about that just in terms of just some knowledge is that is covering the church age and in particular about 500 to 1000 a.d so you could spend some time just down in our lfbi uh bookstore there are Two books that you want to get to help you out with that. Greg Axe wrote both of them. One is simplifying revelations. And isn't that the name of that? Revelations made easier. easier yep. Yeah. Like revelations made simple. And then the other is the church, uh, church history. Those two books, outstanding, they will give you the insight I was gonna share with you, and, and we were kind of gonna kind of, kind of look at a comparison of just of the other woman mentioned. <laughs> but today we will not. It also says of her that she is a seller of purple. What you need to know about that is that would be a vegetable diet extracted from mater root. Mater root, this was a known thing of thyrotyra. Like it, it was kind of like, you know how there are certain areas and places you like, oh, you want to go down to so-and-so if you're going to you know, eat ribs or you want to go over here. It's kind of the same thing for the seller of purple. So now think about it. Where she is and where she come from, I would imagine she would have probably have taken some of that route with her in order to be able to continue that. But isn't it interesting, OK, this tells you that she's an industrious woman. But the, also, as we read through the text, did you notice the mention of any husband? No. So now that could mean a lot of things that could mean she's never been married. It could mean that she was married. Now she's a widow. It could mean that he wasn't important. (laughs) So the Bible didn't mention his name. That's up to your whatever. But I think that there is one thing that kind of can tip you off that potentially it's more that she doesn't have a husband any longer because of something that she says later on in verse 15 when it says, if you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come into my house and abide there. And she constrained. Him. And so basically, uh, <laughs> that's not a woman that is has somebody over her. She's just saying, hey, come to my house. Like, you know, she didn't check with anybody. She just, no, just come on over, right? So that kind of is maybe a little insight there. Okay, so I didn't, I wanted to, let's do our due diligence. When we're studying God's word, we want to kind of look at these things as a matter of fact, moment, something else just to mention to always keep in front of you. This is kingdom of God business, okay? So now you know the pivot point for Acts is verse is uh, chapter seven when Stephen made his final indictment on Israel, and so then you see that shift where it's kind of like a, a slow departure from the kingdom of heaven to the kingdom of God, and now you're in kingdom of God territory, which means it's about establishing a spiritual kingdom, so the king, that kingdom must have a king and must have subjects, the king is Jesus, Holy Spirit on the earth, and the subjects are those of us that have put our trust in Jesus Christ, okay, so that, that's just important to note, Especially when you go back and look at that thy retire thing in Revelations, because it's covering church history. Is that not still K-O-G? Okay, that's this. All right. <laughs> so the thing that I, you know, we kind of want to look at. Despite her name and the meaning of where she was from, she chose to worship. And I want you to write this, this verse down. Cause it just helped to kind of set my heart and be able to just place even what I'm thinking this morning and just where I'm at and stabilize it. In first Chronicles 16, 29, it says, give unto the Lord, the glory due unto his name, bring an offering and come before him, worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. And the thing that I want you to maybe put in quotes is give. See, I, a lot of times the viewpoint for us and the Lord is I got to, I want to take something from him. I'm I'm asking him for this. Lord, will you bless me with this? I, I need this. But this says something important. And this is important because this is David rejoicing because the ark is where it belongs with Israel. And he is now instructing the hearts of the people give unto the Lord, the glory due unto his name. And so why do I say that? Because her situation is not ideal. No husband around. I'm having to provide. I know that there are others in my house. I have to provide. OK, if, ladies, we think that, you know, difficult for you in 2021, what do you think it was like for her? Her name means travail. The place where she is from is odor of affliction. Not ideal. She's on her own. She has to deal with the difficulties of life and stay strong for either children or whomever it is that she's looking after. And so, man, that verse hits different when it says, give unto the Lord. Give unto the Lord. And so how can she do that? And she can only do that with the right heart. With the right heart. And so I'm going to give you these. These will be our key points. Leave some space so that you can pull whatever notes that you want to between them. But I'm going to give them to you up front so you have them. Key point number one is a heart deliberate to worship God. Deliberate. Key. A heart deliberate to worship God. We see that in verse 13. Not only is her situation not ideal, it is not ideal for her to worship. I got to go down by the river. I want to go to the synagogue. Are we outside? Now, it would have been nice um, if you've ever seen pictures of the way things were built for um, any kind of places where speaking was going to be. They were always in the stadium seating and made out of, you know, marble. And so that way your sound would carry and you could hear and all of, you know, So it would have had some of those kind of construction details, but still not ideal. It's not walls. The second key point we need to look at will will be a heart open to the word of God. We'll see that in 14 and and 15. Next to key point number one, would you write uh, verse 13 and 14? I'm sorry, I did say 13, uh, 13 and 14. And then a heart open to the word of God. And then the last key point is a heart towards being used of God. And so listen, why, why does this matter? And why did I say that I needed to punt on the things that I wanted to kind of nerd out about? It's because our class is in a spite a space of hardship. You know, yesterday uh, we celebrated the Memorial of, of, of CJ uh, a young man that is uh, uh, Katie Fordyce's uh, brother and Joey Fordyce's brother-in-law. Young man in our Bible study. There are guys in this room that we have we have had a chance to be in Bible study with and that, it was difficult yesterday. We've lost Tarl. There are people who are sick. Serena's sick. I mean, there is just, we are being pounded with issue after issue. And I'm telling you, listen, it may have been that some of these recent events was like the straw that broke the camel's back. So you gotta, you gotta start really leaning into the Lord, I'm telling you. And I love just the simple example that even if your name is Travail and you come from a foul smelling place, your heart, there's still an opportunity for you to have a right heart. Let's look at it. Back to that key point number one. Let's look at verse 13 and a little bit of 14 that says, and on the Sabbath, we went out of the city by a riverside where prayer was wont to be made. And we sat down and spake unto the women which resorted thither. And a certain woman named Lydia, a seller of purple of the city of Thyatira, which worshiped God, heard us, whose heart the Lord opened. As she attended to some of the things which were spoken of, and I want you to take notice when it was time to assemble, she did. When it was time to assemble, she did. Faith Fellowship, listen to me, it is absolutely critical that you and whatever the difficulties that are mounting in your life, the hardships that you are personally going through, or maybe even just. the the feel and the weight that you feel of the class, don't retreat away. Don't retreat away. This is the time where you press in more. It's not ideal for Lydia to have to go to a place that's outdoors when perhaps she is used to being in a synagogue. But here's the deal, why are you coming? See, it has to be about that worship. And the thing that's more important for her than it being ideal is that I get to worship there. So when you come here, it's the same thing. I don't feel like it. I'm sick. I just got over overcoat. I don't really have my strength back. I don't really have my, my taste or my smell, man. I'm grieving the loss of a brother. I cannot sit next to come cuz you know what there's something about we feel the same mark it down Hebrews 10:22 through 25 now i just love how it starts right here it says let us draw near with a true heart how in full assurance of faith man listen Even though, yes, this morning my heart is troubled, where is my comfort going to come from? There is a full assurance of the faith that I have in Jesus Christ. And that solves everything. That tells me and reminds me I have some place to take that, that pain, that comfort. I have somebody that will actually listen to me, not just pat me on the back, but will actually hear me. That actually is moved by my emotion. That's what that means. Full assurance. Then it goes on to say, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience in our bodies, washed with pure water, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promise. Amen. Verse 24, and let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. And so much the more, as you see the day approaching, let us consider one another. The thing, listen, all of us have different things that are going on. And if you're not here, then how do we know? I mean it's necessary to know like this some issue is really troubling you something that you're you're going through that just you need to get out man come and be with your family come and be here the thing that covid has, has done is created this like i can i can not go to church you need to be here i'm I, listen Zoom is fine and that will serve a purpose that will always we're we're grateful for it all of that whatever. You need to physically be sitting in these pews. I'm just telling you you got to prioritize that. In a time of that things are not ideal, in a time of affliction I need you. <laughs> I need you to see my expression. I need you to sit next to me. And that I'm just simply comforted just by your warmth. I don't know why it is that we have now devalued that. Guys, I'm telling you, we need to get together. And then this is what happens. And get together with one another and be provoked unto love and to good works. See, we're not going to just sit around and just cry and just fill this place with tears. While there is time and necessary to do that, The Lord also will say, Hey, be mindful of my mission. In tears together, do my work. We gotta have that. There's just something more, I don't know, powerful about that. The thing that I have known about this class is that this class just has an energy about it when we are together. And because it is like fragmented right now, That energy is lacking. We lack that because things aren't ideal. And my response is, because that's not ideal, it's not ideal for me to be at church. Man. I want to have a heart like Lydia that says, I don't care what my name means. I don't care what the place I'm from means. I don't care that I have to work hard to make purple out of root, vegetable, dye, and all the work that comes along with that. I don't care that I don't have, I'm going to worship. That's the answer. I'm going to worship. I pray, listen, I pray that you would consider it a lot of these messages from me over the last is just to prick hearts, just to keep stoking the fire in you. And man, it seems like for me, every week that I'm like, yeah, Lord, and then there's something else. There's just like a punch in the face. For me, I'm the leader of this class. You don't think I feel your hurt? I very much wear it. I'm still here. And even in tears, driving here this morning, I just said, Lord, help me. I'm here. I made it. Safe. Home plate. Key point number two, a heart open to the word of God. We also see that going back to 14, but then also in 15, And again, that certain woman named Lydia, seller of purple of the city of Thyatira, which worshiped God, heard us, whose heart the Lord opened as she attended unto the things which were spoken of Paul. And when she was baptized in her household, she besought us, saying, if you judge me to be faithful to the Lord, come into my house, abide there. And she constrained us. Take notice here that because she was in the right place, the Lord opened her heart. This is why you come to church. Listen. You also need to treat your devotion time the same way. If I start figuring out all the ways, because you know how it is, you have you have some illness, you have uh, some sadness, and what you don't feel like doing nothing. You don't feel like going. You don't feel like reading. You don't feel like praying. And I'm not saying this as some indictment like all of you are just heathens and the worst people on earth. Listen, I have just come through COVID myself. I know what that feels like. I did not feel like any of it. It's like I had to push myself to do it. The only thing my body wanted to do was just stay in the bed and just wither away. And I remember there was one day, y'all, like a nut job, I just was like, I'm getting up. And I just got up. And I went in the, the garage and I did some uh pull-ups and the, some jump rope and I suffered for it the next day. But when I was doing it, because I was just like, COVID is not gonna kill me. There's I just it's the it's the part of me that that Is how I'm wired and and why the Lord lets me do the things in life that I get a chance to do. Because I will not just lay down. You got to take notice. When you come to the right place, the Lord shows up. Whether that's in your devotion time, whether that's when you come to prayer, whether that's when you come to Bible study, whether that's when you go to LFBI class. I'm loving it. Just being with Greg Axe, I want to high-five him. There's only been two classes, two. I'm thrilled. Man, I pray that you're having a good time, whatever class it is you're taking, that you look forward to it. why, because the Lord's going to show up. That's why. We're not just getting knowledge. We're not just meeting for the sake of sitting amongst friends. The Lord will join us. But I want you to pay attention to something very carefully in this time that we're in. And maybe you feel like Lydia that your name means travail and pain and suffering. Hebrews 2.1 says this. Write it down. Hebrews 2.1 says, therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to those things which we have heard. Why? Lest at any time we should let them slip. That warning it just rattles me to the core. Be warned, believer. God's word can slip away if we let it. And you know there have been times in your life, man, where you just, you and the word wasn't really together. And it's like, it's dry to you. And so you don't, you kind of stop going to it. And you're like, man, I'm just, uh. And the next thing you know, it's been months since you've been in the word. It's the same for attendance. Do you know how easy it is to get out of the habit of coming to church? Honestly, I would say one week. <laughs> it just takes one week. One. Like the first time that you miss, the next time it's just like, well, you just start reasoning. And um, well, you know, I don't necessarily need to make it. I kind of, good morning Sunday is on, so I'm going to just watch that. Great show. Tape it come to church get in front of God's word you need to be warned believer a lot of times we have this false sense of strength as if well I will never abandon the Lord (laughs) come on come on now be honest that warning is in scripture on purpose lest at any time we should let them slip away these things that we have heard see here's the deal Difficulty in life often makes us want to retreat away to our thoughts. That's why you got to get in front of the word, because it's true. It's pure. It's clean. It heals. It's from above. But your thoughts, they come from you. And they can come from the darkest place inside of you. Places that would be shameful if we shed a light on it in this class and just went down. What's your darkest thought? No, please don't. I can't tell you. I can't tell you, but the Lord knows something else that really ministered to me at this time of just really looking at it. Second Peter 1 19 says, we have also a more sure word of prophecy whereunto you do well that you take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts. See, there is something about this word that we have that we can mistreat it, not appreciate it, not revisit it. And then we're shocked that there's no power in our lives because we haven't spent time in this word. That's the source of power. That's how you plug in. And so listen, person of affliction, where are you plugging in at? How are you plugged in? You know, that we said, okay, Galatians, for those of you that didn't hear, Ken was on uh, security. Galatians is where the Bible studies will be. Our, the guys' Bible study that normally meets for all the guys that I can see in here that are in our Bible study, we will be meeting tomorrow in Galatians. We're, what is our hope? That essentially the word of God will shed a light into the dark spots of us in order to, hey, get that out of there, that we don't need that, move that out, move that over, bury that, just get it, that's only going to come from, we're going to spend some time in the word, and so I'm telling you, listen, whatever difficulty, whatever pain, whatever thing that you are going through, the Lord has the answer, you can't let those, things, you, there was a time period in your life Man, I remember that zeal when I first got saved. I was so annoying to all the people around me. That's all I talked about was Jesus. And at work, I remember that too. People were like, oh my God, would you shut up about it? And then you start learning some more things and you get a little, you just further and further away. Where's that excitement just vanishes. And then nobody knows that you our personal faith. They don't even come to you and ask you for prayer like they used to, because now you sound and act like them. Why would they? Man, listen. This was a great reminder of just going back to God's word. We got to let it do what it is designed to do, which is be that instruction, be that reproof, be that comfort, be set and give us the boundaries for doctrine, right doctrine that we can follow and live and share. Like that's what we have at our disposal. And yet sometimes it's just like another book, man, this isn't Harry Potter. This isn't Lord of the Rings, whatever your nerdom is nerd out on the word of God. We need that light. And particularly right now, we need to feel desperate. Like, Lord, I need, I need your light. I love how she responded, man. It seems because you could fly over these verses and it would just, you you would miss it. But the but because the Bible is calling her out, and and even like my the way my Schofield has it labeled like, hey, first European convert, like. This is a big deal. This will be as a a, a big deal as as that uh, eunuch. I went back to Ethiopia. It's a big deal. And then look at the response and just in terms of what happened as a result of her uh, uh, attending unto the things which were spoken of Paul. And when she was baptized, this woman, Lydia, I can't wait to meet her. Because here's the deal. She went to worship. It's kind of religious. Her spiritually she's dead. And the Lord wants to meet her there because he sees within her there's a heart that's like, if I if I reveal myself to her, she will respond. Boom. That's exactly what happened. Then she gets baptized. She's like, uh, there's some water right here. I mean, you told me, you told me this truth. Let's I'm in." Let's we getting wet, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm going home with wet clothes, I guess. Man, I love that. The less than ideal individual that just yields themselves to the Lord. Look at how the response is. And then it says, then, see, so you went home wet, and you know, people are like, um, so mama, your clothes were dry when you left. What happened? Let me tell you what happened comma, and her household. So now that gospel that she received, that opportunity for baptism, this woman now on some level becomes like a a leader and a a, a tunnel for, for truth to come through, opportunity to respond in faith, for other people to be a part of that. Now, you know what I think is weird, not unless these other ladies. Don't say that they got baptized because there, there was a conversation Paul is having, and Lydia is the one that the Bible highlights. Oh, other ladies, I hope you responded. Maybe that was next week. <laughs> the Bible just left it out. I don't know. It don't say, right? But what we do get a chance to do is just look at this woman and see that her household. And then it says, as we get into our third key point, our heart towards being used of God critical. Okay. So, and when she was baptized in her household, she besought us saying, if ye have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come into my house and abide there. And she constrained us. So now listen, the guys, Paul and his team, they don't really have any uh, headquarters. Now they get to essentially use her house as a launch pad to be able to go and take care of other things incredible. I wrote a little note here. Take notice, just as Paul and his team swiftly responded to the leading of the Spirit, Lydia wanted to be a part of God's mission in the same way, being led by the Spirit. So here it is, with a name like hers that we can look at for all the centuries after that says that her her name means travail, the place that she comes from, the odor of affliction. And this woman has a right heart that allowed her to be able to respond, to worship, to be used of God. And so, okay, the question on the floor then, the major question has to be, so what are you going to do? Is it going to be that whatever it is troubling you now, whatever is troubling this class will be the last time that I see you in these seats? That the answer is going to be, Somewhere else, some other, listen, if, if being a, another, a part of another fellowship, you probably would have known that already. So that's really not the answer. Being a part of another church, you probably would have figured that out already. That's probably not the answer. Let's not run and hide. I need to see your face. I want to know when you trouble and you're, and you're upset just so I can sit with you. And I might not have any words to tell you but I'm going to just sit next to you. Can we do that? Faith fellowship, can we do that? Can we remember why it is that there was the spirit moved mightily in this class? It's because we were together and we would agree together in his word. And then we would live it out. You either read it or it's preached to you. You believe it and you live it. That's the order. Believe and live. So, man, you don't hear about this woman anymore. It's one of those beautiful situations in the Bible. (laughs) Something cool happens. The Lord responded to them, you know, according to your faith, be it unto you. And it's all good for them. And that's the last time you hear about them. And now, you know, the Christian life could have ups and downs and hurdles and all of that. But the thing that we leave as a lasting note is that this woman got saved. She took the opportunity. She leaned in when it wasn't ideal, when it was maybe some kind of difficulty of just the challenge of having to provide. The tiredness that comes from hard work, especially labor-intensive work, like she has to do being a seller of purple, that she is having to create that dye. Man, I get it. Work is hard. Life is hard. It's hard having to provide for a family. Some of you have multiple kids. But all of those things cannot be reasons why now you cannot find the time to be in front of the Lord at church. Man, get your hips back in church consistently. It is very telling about your walk. So like I told, I reminded you of something, and, I, and this is this is my parting thought. When you live in light of spiritual reality, That demands that you show up at church, period. If you don't, that means you live in light of a physical reality, and whatever's troubling you will stop you from being here. You have to understand that. And so, listen, we looked at a woman today that had a right heart with all the reasons to not have one. Are we not like her? We got all the reasons. But can we learn from her and see? Man, lean in. So let's lean in. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, <clears throat> Lord, I, I do just kind of want to spend some time this morning, Lord, just giving you praise and, and, and thanking you, really. Lord, I, I am thankful for the difficult season that we're in because, Lord, it forces me to just have to be more prayerful, more considerate, have my eyes and ears open, just be more sensitive to your leading. Lord, I, with that thankfulness, Lord, I do want to just ask, Lord, help us to just endure um, the difficulties that we're facing. Lord, we have, we have a whole gamut of things. There, there are people who have parents that they're literally just waiting for them to stop breathing. Lord, we have people who have kids that are just, I mean, going crazy. Lord, we've, we've had loss in faith fellowship. Lord, there are people whose bodies just re, refuse to heal. Lord, we need you to look into all of these situations. And Lord, notice that I didn't say, just get us through. Just make them end so that it can be easy. No, Father, I, would you walk with us in this valley that we're in? Lord, I understand this as somebody that has been through valleys in, in life. And just how when you come out on that valley and you're standing on that mountaintop, Lord, it's always better. And so, Lord, I, I understand as a class, we need this. We need the difficulties that we've had to endure over just the last several months. Lord, I, man, we are, we're trusting you that you would do a work in Dallas. Lord, we're, we're trusting you that, that you would raise up shepherds and evangelists in this class. Lord, we're, we're, we're trusting you that, that we would have a vision that says that, man, we will have those, those values, those principles, that our code of conduct would be pleasing to you. Oh, that's what we're trusting you for. And in the midst of that, you are allowing these hardships just so that, Lord, our knees stay bent. And so, Father, you have our undivided attention. Father, I ask very much just that you would comfort those that are hurting, Um, Lord, that you would steady the mind of those that are fearful to even just come back here to the place of healing, that Lord, I pray against people finding comfort in their homes and that Lord, that they would be more comforted here, that there would just be some urging, something that the Holy Spirit just keeps hounding on them, that they got to be here They don't know why they just got to get here. And that Lord, when we come that you would show up. And so Lord, the next opportunity for that is going to be Tuesday night. Lord, fill this house with your children that are desperate and they see the value of who you are, what they have in you, that they see the value of who you are and what they have in you and your word And, and by the spirits leading. Father, I pray against this this heart to retreat to our minds and our thoughts and Lord, we are sad, we are confused, we are doubtful, we worry. All of those things are true. Lord, forgive us in that. That's not. We don't want that to be some indictment that, in terms of how we look at you. But Lord. Sometimes these challenges make us tremble. And so, Father, uh, will you just move in this class, move us to a place that we would uh, hear your word, that we would believe it, and we would live it out. But we ask all these things, knowing that there is no one else to go to. There is no one else that listens. There is... No one else that has the power to to do it. You are the faithful one. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.